0: I'm logged into I'm logged into iChat and I'm logged into
1: Gmail, so I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, we know that you're having trouble with Gmail. We made a plan while we were waiting for you. Uh
0: I don't have a plan.
1: Gmail has a problem with me. I don't we have a problem. We have with a plan, there. Tim. We're gonna we're We're gonna have an intervention
2: with Gmail and you. With you. <laughs> it's not Gmail's fault. Kirk and I seem to have no problems with this. Therefore. By the the, the law of, of Occam's razor, it's gotta be you.
0: it says Gmail. It says I'm logged into Gmail. It says all that stuff.
2: Don't lie, you're on your Hunger Games chat boards and you know it. Well we gotta hurry this up because I got a midnight showing to go to, so come on. Is that the new Van Halen the new
1: Van Halen singles being debuted at a midnight midnight showing?
0: Uh yes, 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 Kirk. The new Van Halen. It's the hunger called The Hunger Games.
2: That actually sounds like a Van Halen song a little bit.
0: It could. It could be an album.
2: Yeah. Okay. Do we know what we're talking about? Where were we? Nope. Uh, Not normally, but... Let's pretend like tonight we know what we're talking about. Do you mean, are we aware of the
1: topics we are supposed to discuss, or are we well-informed? Because those are two different questions. Totally different.
2: Fair enough. So... Actually, they are two different questions, but both questions are relevant. The right? answer is
1: not the same to both of those.
2: It doesn't it does matter. I'm asking, I'm, I'm, I'm asking one question with two answers, part A and part B. Part A of do you know what we're talking about is do you know what we're talking about? And then part B is do you know what we're talking about? See the difference?
0: Hmm, yes and no.
2: Is there an email about this? There was like a dozen emails.
1: Yeah, right. We need a summary. Is there isn't Helga supposed to summarize and send us the uh, the executive summary like right before airtime?
2: Helga's in line to see the Hunger Games.
1: She's holding my place. If we start right now it's nine twenty, we can start some new nine twenty movement.
2: We are the nine twenty.
1: No, 9.20. 9.20.
2: 9.30? N- Never remember. You, have to,
0: you can make up any time. Nobody knows what time it is. You could say it's 10.30 in the morning. Nobody would know. Time and space are relative. There's no time stamp on it. The only time stamp is the one you, you talk about.
1: The one in your own mind, Jim. Get over it. Get over your time-space
2: continuum. It's time and relative dimension in space.
0: And we jumped forward a bit prematurely, so technically it could still be 8.30.
2: It could be 8.30. But it's 9.30 on Thursday, March 22nd 2012, and that means it's time for the Media Lover Bebop. Tonight, should employers be able to ask for your Facebook password? Then, the retina display on the new iPad looks awesome, unless of course you're using a crappy old app. All that and what's in Tim's mix on Media Loper Bebop, episode 33. Hello again, sports fans. I'm your host, Jim Connolly, and with me tonight, as always, are Tim Gaskell. Here. And Kirk Biglione.
1: Maybe. You know, we're going to see how things go.
2: Okay. This is
1: my last night on one leg.
2: Oh, wow. So So your artificial
1: leg comes tomorrow? My artificial leg comes tomorrow. I go into into artificial leg training over the weekend.
2: See, the cool thing about that is that um, this is a a beautiful reason why you should get Amazon Prime. Because the shipping on an artificial leg itself would be more than an Amazon Prime subscription.
1: Is that true? I don't think so. They're made out of balsa wood. (laughs) The one I'm getting is.
2: So if you piss us off, we could just snap it like a twig?
0: Or... Or we just whip out the matches.
1: <laughs> Whoosh. So we're not going to talk about why I don't read the LA Times.
2: I didn't understand Tim's 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 whole well, they're thing. Putting did... a, they're putting up a paywall.
0: You can't get. You cannot access the LA Times now unless you're a subscriber.
1: They may do a limited number of pass-throughs, like oh, the New York le- Times does. Yeah. Well, the New York Times just I mean, cut I mean, it from twenty a month to ten. Depends on where you're coming from and. But the thing about the L.A. Times is that they lost me years ago with what they did to the print version. And then as I made the switch to digital, they had an opportunity to get me back, and they couldn't. Mm. And well, now ne- I think about where I get my information and how I read the news. I you know, get tons of stuff from my Twitter feed and, and through Instapaper. I yeah. rarely, rarely, rarely read an L.A. Times article.
0: Well, yeah, I know. My only argument for it was the fact that it's local stuff, and
1: um, you, you know, it's hard a to local get local news source. So that's that's a good reason. But I listen to KPCC. So Jim, I want to. Can you do a test? Can
0: you go to latimes.com, and then click on a link to a news article and tell me what you get?
2: I can. Let me do that right now. Oh, look, there's LA Times. Uh, Whitney Houston, coroner says Whitney Houston accidentally drowned in bathtub. Singer Whitney Houston appears to have suffered a heart episode before accidentally drowning. I go right through, no problems. Okay, so you haven't hit
1: your oh, like a top ten. That's the top story. No, 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 no. I can't get that because they're they're doing the. Um, they're Kirk, what now, happens actually, when you're go... changing the law in the state of California? All ho- hotels have to have life rafts. In the bathroom, if there's, if you can take a bath in the tub, if there's like a stopper that fills up the well, tub.
0: No, it's a lifesaver. It's a life saver, not a life. The Whitney a life
1: Houston law is actually going into effect next week. We could have saved her. Do you understand? Hotel room. If only bathroom,
0: she had a lifesaver, yeah, life
2: yeah. Or even asserts.
0: So, Kirk, can you get to the L.A. Times page?
1: Yeah, but I never read the L.A. Times, so no, I'm, clicking, can you, I'm
2: clicking through... See, you can
1: click through articles, okay. Trying to get. I'm trying to hit my limit.
2: So, wait a second. I, 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 see, I see Tim has... There's a pattern here. First, Tim can't use Gmail. Now, Tim can't use the L.A. Times.
1: Well, but the L.A. Times is... I mean, it's better than it used to be, but it's still not. So, basically, what they want you to do is if you hit that that
0: ten ten articles or whatever, they give you an option. You can either um, the best deal is this where you get the Sunday paper for, for the first four weeks. They don't tell then it's a dollar ninety nine a week after that. Um, and you get the Sunday paper plus digital access, or you can get the weekend unlimited or the everyday unlimited for three and three ninety nine a week. Or you can get the digital unlimited for Get this, $0.99 cents for the first four weeks, but then after that it's 3.99. So it's $2 more to get just digital than getting just digital plus the Sunday physical
1: paper. Because they're selling the print advertising based on their total circulation, and some people are still apparently paying for numbers that have no meaning.
0: But can you imagine paying $4 a week to access news? And when I
1: say paying for, for numbers that have no meaning, I mean advertisers. Paying for advertising in the print edition that people aren't actually reading. They're just taking to get access, free access to the digital edition.
0: Yeah. But I, I, I have ethical problems with it because I don't want to...
1: Okay, I hit the paywall.
0: You hit the paywall, see?
1: It'll become a member and keep on reading. There you go, see? So Jim, it was an experiment to hit the paywall. I have no interest in reading. No thanks. I'm going to click no thanks. And they send exactly. Them back to
0: the then you get yeah, you get the homepage, and that, that's it. You just can't click through. God damn it! Pretty I cool can't
1: memory. read the story about Santorum and the Etch a Sketch. Yeah. Go to A- MSNBC, maybe, or something, and you'll see it. Isn't that perfect that the party that's been talking about birth control in 2012, on the week the I- the new iPad is released, somehow manages to change the topic to Etch-a-Sketch?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Etch-a-Sketch is
0: uh, selling like hotcakes on Amazon.
1: Now, what I'm waiting for is... three. They just call it the new Etch-a-Sketch.
0: Well, I'm waiting for the Etch-a-Sketch Kindle hybrid. So when you're done reading your book you can like just draw stuff and mess around with it. Hey, is that just sketch done an iPad app? That's the perfect app, right?
2: I am sure oh, there's it work.
0: Okay. Can you uh can you not publish this until I make see if there's an actual you No, know,
1: they're uh, going to do a knockoff called Etch with Friends. Etch with Friends exactly. <laughs> a networked Etch a sketch.
0: You know Scrabble. Scrabble on the iPad is nine ninety nine. Can you believe that?
2: Siri, is there an uh, iPad app for the or an Etch a Sketch app for the iPad?
0: I don't know what you mean.
2: Checking on that for you. I can't answer that, but I could search yeah. the web for it if you like. No, thank you. That's 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 fine, Siri. You've done enough. Go back to bed, Siri. Are you guys tired of Siri now? She's sure a
1: bit lazy sometimes. I I still use. Um, have you yeah. asked her for her Facebook credentials? No. I don't you want might them. find out why she's you know slacking.
2: Hey, have either one of you guys taken a drug test to get a job? Nope. No. I didn't either,
1: though. Have you given a drug test to a potential employee though?
2: I have not. I have.
1: I no, have. I have not. Really, Kirk. Happy to say they passed. Here's, They had to actually use drugs. We were able to verify it, and they got the job.
2: <laughs> I was going to say I worked in a, uh, for a company that had raves on company premises, and so that was the same thing. People had to prove they were taking drugs in order to work there.
0: But what I, I want to know is if you work at, like, one of these um, pharmacies that dish out the, um, drugs. the, the, the medicine – shall we say, the green medicine, the green pharmacies, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, know what I mean. (laughs) What if
1: you... Environmentally friendly pharmacies?
0: Yeah, what if you get um, caught working for one of those with uh, traces of marijuana in your bloodstream? That's what I want to know. Then you could just say, well, I'm just testing the product. I'm just making sure it works, right? That would be a good employee, right?
2: Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I keep wondering why did, did we just like just have career paths that just didn't go into places where they automatically took drug tests? Or we're we just a little bit a little bit older than when drug testing became relatively widespread. It
1: depends on, you know, the, the corporate culture where you would have drug testing for white collar employees like all of us have been. Uh, it's not the corporate culture that we would be attracted to. And then everyone else is in like some sort of position where the public safety is in their, ha- in like, you know, blue collar drivers.
0: Yeah, UPS or something.
1: Well, yeah, if you're, if you're out driving a vehicle, then yeah, probably testing maybe makes sense. But if you're working at a computer, that makes no sense at all. I mean, it, it could actually help you to be on drugs. It could be performance enhancing depending on the job and the drugs.
2: Well, certainly there's That's always true. been a lot of speed, <laughs> in, at least in the form of caffeine, involved with, with, well, yeah, uh, associated exactly. with codeine. Caffeine is a drug. Yep. So, you know, what might be worse, what is worse than that, is is having to give up one of your passwords to your Facebook account in order to get a job, which... I guess it's happening, Tim. We've been reading stories about now that the employers are asking the potential employees for passwords to log on as that person to see what they see on their Facebook page. So i
0: i have a potent, i have a potential uh, i have an interview on Monday with the company, and uh, th- that's why it got me thinking about this, and the the kind of converged with uh, this this story coming out this week about <clears throat> you know logging into. Um, Logging into your Facebook account, and it's varied from saying we need your password and your account name and everything to you logging in for them. I think it's probably more of a case of you logging in for them or something so they could see it and see how many pictures are on file of you passed out drunk at a rave or a, or a frat party or something. I'm assuming that this probably skews more towards the younger set who tend to be, from what I've noticed, only – <laughs> tend to be a bit more free with the kind of photos that they are willing to post online Now, it's just something that
2: and aren't you glad aren't you glad that all the photos that were taken when we were young or the potential for photos the, the fact that there weren't widespread cameras aren't you glad that, well, that, that that there there isn't there wasn't that when we were in our 20s
0: Number one, you you have to scan It's way too much work. You have to
1: scan them, upload them, whatever. I regret it. I needed more photos from them. I was in my prime. My unassisted triple play was not photographed. Some of us, you know, would have benefited from cameras everywhere in that period of my life.
2: I'm kind of I mean I'm, I, I, I'm grateful that there are pictures from, from that time but there are other pictures that I know that were taken that I'm really glad have never actually surfaced
0: I have no uh, I have nothing to hide
1: there that I know of so <laughs> that uh, you remember do we know if this is a real thing a real trend of, of employers doing this or is this just a few isolated incidents Because it's completely outrageous. I mean, it's like asking people for the key to their house so you can go rummage around and see what you can find.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's a bit too intrusive. The ACLU is starting to issue statements against it. And it's...
2: Honestly... it's, It's on so
0: many levels, it's just wrong.
1: Well, and there's the risk of handing someone the credentials to your identity. I mean, it's not like... It would be one thing to say, you have to friend someone from the company. Mm. and you get to know your inner circle, but actually giving someone the keys to your account, allowing yeah. them to do all kinds of things which could have an adverse, you know, who, who are they? Why should you trust them? It's like you would need to do a background check on the person asking for your credentials.
0: Yeah, it basically comes down to this. If they're going to ask me for that, you're not a company I want to work for.
2: Right, and of course, it's 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 all well and good for us to say that when we're not necessarily struggling for. And I'm, believe me, I'm not defending the practice, but the people who end up possibly giving their passwords. And I'm, I'm with Kirk. This probably isn't a widespread thing, and 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 the publicity for the of the couple of cases that have come along will probably be enough to ensure that it won't be a widespread thing. But it's the people that would be willing to do this are probably the people who need jobs so badly. That they're willing to put up with uh, this kind of intrusive. I mean, to me, it's ju- it's pretty much the same level as a drug test. That's just as equally invasive and and a violation of privacy.
0: Yeah, well, a drug test, kind of, <clears throat> you know, I'm not not that I'm for it, but it kind of makes a bit more sense in some ways than um,
1: depends on the circumstance.
0: Yeah, it kinda of depends on the job um, and the, the circumstances. Basically if you I mean if you're in a say if you're in a, yeah, if you're in a job that operates heavy machinery or something, I would probably be okay with that. But you know, if I were in a desk job it wouldn't make sense to me. So you know so there If are...
1: I drive a forklift, you want to log into my Facebook account.
0: I mm, I don't want to log into your face account Facebook account, period.
2: That'd be pretty boring at this point.
0: Yeah, because you never go online anyway. Last thing you posted, Kirk, was from August, I think. So
1: don't you know? And it's by not online in... you mean on Facebook? <laughs> on Facebook, yeah. that is online I'm the, too. I'm on, the, I'm on the Pinterest these days.
0: Oh, the Pinterest, yes, yeah, because that's that's uh, amazing that we all use. The
1: great all the place time. to meet the ladies,
0: <laughs> is it? Well, it's all ladies, isn't it? Oh, so except what I'm for you. Saying, Tim, you're okay. out. <laughs>
2: you're <All> right, okay, <laughs> okay, you know what? That's the point, it's, Tim.
0: <laughs> right, it's sorry, it's late, and we got started late, and that one went right by me. So I'm I'm on the same page now. I got to get on the Pinterest.
2: Right after we go see the Hunger Games, which I think we need to go get in line pretty soon.
0: Uh, we do Let's see It's 9.42 Yeah I figure I'm going to leave here By about 10.30
2: We could do the 3 o'clock showing Forget the midnight showing Those are all sold out But there's the 3 o'clock showing
0: Yeah Which I, which is my best That's my best time of the night To be Watching stuff
2: Oh yeah I've never not loved a movie I've seen at 3 a.m. Yeah Every movie I've, Every movie I've ever seen At 3 a.m. I've absolutely loved
0: Yes Something about that magic hour Oh Yeah Nobody and, else is awake. And to see really and wild. to see
2: catfish and all the rest of the Hunger Game crew battling it out, that'd be awesome.
0: Catfish? Catness, you mean?
2: <laughs> Jeez. No, I thought this was about Catfish Hunter.
0: Uh, no, that's the uh, That's Moneyball. Ah. Isn't it? Isn't that right? It's the Oakland A's, right?
2: Yes, I that Hunger Games that. is about the Oakland A's. Hunger Games is about the Oakland A's. They thought really? it's a sequel to Moneyball.
0: Well, Moneyball No, Moneyball is the sequel to Rollerball.
2: See, the the A's, the A's, the this A's the, have such f- has so, such a small income and so few fans that actually go to the games anymore that they're all hungry. So, thus, The Hunger uh, Games. I thought maybe pre-
1: I thought maybe it was the prequel cuz you know no. this you know what this year is. 2012. Uh, it's the 40th anniversary celebration of 1972 what that's one of the a's victories well and here's the great thing about the celebration of 1972 it's a three-year celebration <laughs> wait was that the end of their run or the beginning that was the no, end. i'm getting a, i'm getting a tattoo i'm getting a tattoo or, like the one that that dallas Braden wears in the new
2: oakland a's green color commercial tim you know why it's a three-year celebration don't you because yeah, they won three years in a row. No, it's going to take the A's three years to win as many games as the '72 team won. Wow. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. And and have as many fans. Exactly. Actually, even then, Kurt. Even then, when they were winning all those games in those
1: World Series, did they actually have any fans? Did they, yeah, I mean for it was for like the seven, for the '70s? It was a different era. No, no, no. Hang on. During the towards
0: the end of the '70s, they were. They were they' There, so they had some games where it was like in the hundreds.
2: That's the Giants too. The Giants yeah, and, had- the,
0: and the Giants. Yeah, they were, both
1: teams were like dire.
2: It was pre Mount Davis though,
1: so the stadium was still not a, a horrible place to go to,
2: and pre steroids, so the games weren't exciting.
1: Right, steroids were such a big improvement to the game. Jim, I'm going to need the commissioner called. He's going to need your Facebook password. You're veering so far off topic that he suspects you're on drugs.
2: <laughs> My Facebook password is capital K A T N I S S
0: S. No, the I is a one though.
2: Oh right, of course, K A T one S S.
0: K A T N one S S. <laughs> Uh, Actually, no. All of Jim's Pat Kirk, you should know this. All of Jim's passwords are names of Velvet Underground albums. Everybody knows that, right? So, so, sorry, sorry. You better change all your passwords tonight. Sorry, Jim. I just added you.
2: Uh, Oops. Okay, not white light. I'll just change it to squeezed, and then nobody will guess it. That'd Sorry. Be a, 1969 live would actually be a not the worst password if you had exactly
0: <laughs> see oh shoot that's
2: that's fine never oh. mind so who got the new iPad
0: Tyson my brother
2: he got the super super souped up one right
0: he got yeah he got the full-on 64 gigabyte uh, with what? 4G I think with 4G
2: well fake 4G it's not really 4G.
0: It's not really 4G, just like our phones?
2: Exactly. That's not really 4G either.
1: Well, the... It says 4G. <laughs> AT&T is the fake 4G.
2: Here's my question. I wanted I wanted to bring this up. So, first of all, now that none of us ever need to feel guilty about buying Apple products again, since it's they've been proven to have been assembled by highly paid magical elves in Santa's workshop, it's time mm-hmm. to discuss a couple issues people are having with the new iPads. First... And Kirk brought how are this we up. going to
1: do that if none of us have one? You have one. Oh,
2: that's right. Okay, then. Yes. So remember that's when, H- remember when yeah. HD first came around and you saw how certain actors and actresses really looked? Well, apparently that's happened, happened to a couple of apps that look fine on older iPads, but look like crap on the new one. So, Kirk, what looks like shit now on the new iPad? Okay, so anything
1: that uses system fonts or like... You know, standard HTML, web view, web page. What, what, what are great. system fonts? System fonts are the fonts that are actually part of the system. So that, you know, when you're reading a web
2: page, mm-hmm. you're viewing
1: the the underlying HTML as not an image. It's using the fonts that are built into the iPad.
2: They're native okay. to the iPad,
1: Tim. Got it. Okay. Like you've got fonts on your desktop computer that are native to the Mac. and Right, right. This whole thing, when you do fonts on the web, you want to use, although now this is all changing with fonts, but that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anything that uses system fonts looks awesome. Anything that uses, like, a native app development can, you know, process looks pretty good. The images that have been used and, you know, a lot of the Chrome around the apps are really like images of some sort, JPEGs or PNG or TIFF or whatever. So a lot of apps are updating to uh, retina, double the resolution, and, mm-hmm. and they're, they're not significant updates. They just look a little bit better if you stare at them closely. Right. The problem um, re- really is noticeable in the magazine apps, particularly with anything done by Conde Nast, wired, you know. Uh, they, the New Yorker looks pretty bad, too. And it doesn't and the New Yorker doesn't need to look bad. And here's why It doesn't
0: have it's not big on graphics.
1: Because it's all text. But the text is all images. <laughs> the text is not are not system fonts. The text the images are all of those magazine apps have been developed. Adobe. Adobe's plan A was we're gonna do magazines on the iPad and we're gonna do them with Flash. So based well, that did not work out. So plan no. B that they cobbled together was we're going to add a plug-in to your uh, InDesign program that 99% of the magazines in the world use for production that will output alternate layouts that you will be able to read in a special app container on the iPad. So every single page of the magazine has two layouts, portrait and landscape. And for each page, we'll generate an image. And so when you're going through the Wired app, swiping through the Wired app, you're not swiping through, like, web pages. You're swiping through static images.
2: This is 1996 on the web all like over a, again. It's
1: like, a, it's like a slideshow. Yeah. That you're
2: it's GIF text on the web. It's just like how people thought, right. ooh, we'll do cool web design by by putting a bunch of giant images on there that that that, that are completely un, 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 unchangeable. So, well, so
1: you can't change the font size. You can't copy right. and paste copy and paste anyway they get away with it for a while but now the retina display is out and when you open the wired app it looks pixelated it looks
2: bad it looks really wow. really, really bad well to be fair to Wired, they're not really known for cutting edge design they,
1: they, <laughs> they totally let adobe take them for a ride um and unfortunately, it's the same thing with uh, the New Yorker too. And it's an interesting contrast: the New Yorker and Wired. Because Wired, you could say, okay, I can sort of see why they would do this approach because it's high. They think it's high design. Um, you really, there's a better way to do it, but they chose not to. But the New Yorker is, is is such. I mean, consistent layout from issue to issue. Yep. And consistent layout from page to page. From decade to decade. You're, no reason other than the fact that they have to get that goddamn new yorker font to be identical mm-hmm. on the and now it looks like hell it's unreadable wow
2: well i'm glad i still have the magazine then
1: let's fix this well there uh, so adobe has a new thing which is not new at all it's it's what is called responsive design that is adaptive (laughs) design on the web. This is the trend. Anyone who's building websites is using responsive design to kind of reassemble itself, depending on the dimensions that are available for the text to reflow. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: or, or elements so now, to reflow on the page, depending on on browser and, and object yeah.
1: size. It's tricky because you've got different monitor sizes, different aspect ratios, different screen resolutions. Uh, the, the, so Adobe now is doing the thing maybe they should have done two years ago, but they had to rush out of plan B because Flash was not an option. Uh, so now they're kind of getting around to the thing that should be done. And now all the print designers who thought they'd solved the digital problem, because print designers are really control freaks, they want the layout to look exactly like they want the layout to look. And so the static design, the images actually gave them a way to do that. A responsive liquid layout that reflows based on, you know, individual device, and there might be 100 different possible layouts, um, doesn't give print designers the kind of control that they want. So you're going to hear a lot of if you listen to people who do print design, you're going to hear a lot of complaining about this over the next year or so.
2: So, and the, and the other thing going on with the iPads, and I think Tim brought this up is that they're exploding.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Aren't they causing third degree burns or something?
2: I got, you know, I was I in my hospital be today
1: with my burn from using my new iPad too
2: long. Yeah. I did read that there, that, that, that some of them are getting up to temperatures like 116 degrees. Yeah. Right. Which is not, you, that's nothing.
1: When you run them at full 100% brightness for hours, which, by the way, if you saw the new screen at 100% brightness, you'd want to put on sunglasses <laughs> and still have like maybe a blanket between you and the device. There's no reason to run the new iPad at 100% brightness. I use it typically at like 60 to 65% brightness.
2: What about? Plenty bright. What about if you're lost in a cave? And you want to put on the use the flashlight app to find your way out.
1: Still, you well, need <clears> hundred percent. <throat> you you'll use when you're out in like the bright sunlight, and you need to like because the reflective screen is hard to see in the sun.
0: Kirk, now that you have the iPad, the new iPad, hmm. what do you think?
1: What is your? Give us a, a, a brief. It's it's okay. So you don't necessarily see. You aren't necessarily knocked over by the display when you look at it. You think that's really nice. I can see if I do side by side, I can sort of see where it's quite a bit sharper. It's only when you've used it for like a full day reading and then you go back to your laptop. Mm-hmm. That you begin, I, this happened to me this weekend. I spent Sunday reading at the new iPad and I went back to the. Uh, and, and seriously, it looked like there was something wrong with the display at that point, going back in the other direction. It was noticeable that it was a much lower resolution. So for right. reading, it's amazing. I saw that. So pretty cool for games, uh, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great for video and photos. Look amazing. Right.
2: I think Windows 8 is going to use Retina, retina display. Oh, I was reading. Well, Retina is uh, yeah.
1: Apple's trade name, so it's going to use some other HD. Right, a uh, uh, like high
0: Zune, resolution. Zoom,
1: zoom. They're going to call it Zoom something.
0: <laughs> well, I, hey, can we is Zoom a word on Words with Friends? Oh. I think iPod. I think iPod might be, but I'm not sure if Zune is.
2: A lot of a lot. I don't even want to go down this path because a lot of words that our words are not playable in Words with Friends.
0: Which is total BS. It's total
2: BS. And I want I've, I've had
0: I've had hundred point words negated by I them wonder, saying I, it's not a word.
2: I wonder if Zynga is is a word in Words with Friends.
0: Exactly. Zemup should be, right? The great drink?
2: Um, no, because that's a proper name. Hard time's come. And now it's time for In The Mix. This week, Tim tells us what's in his mix. So,
0: <clears throat> my In The Mix this week, let's see. First of all, Bruce Springsteen, Wrecking Ball. Jim, you did, we haven't done that one yet, have we? No, no, no. Go ahead. It's all yours. Okay, Bruce Springsteen, his new album. Of course, he's been he's been releasing albums every, every two years.
2: Every two or three last... years, yeah. He's way more prolific now, and he's way more prolific in his dotage than he was in his, his youth
0: seems to be. I mean, the last 10 years, it seems like he's put out about, you know, five or six albums at least. And it um, <clears throat> has to be said, Wrecking Ball is probably one of his one of his more interesting. It's not really a, a complete E Street band record, per se. It's more of a tunnel of love kind of uh, some E Street band people and lots of other people, lots of guests, people like Tom Morello play on it this is an album that Rolling Stone called uh, like his most despairing confrontational and musically turbulent album that he's ever made which is partly true um, there are elements of this side of Bruce on every album maybe this is the most consistent one in the, in that respect but um, when you peel back the layers of of, of all the songs you know the message is pretty clear it's like this is this is a this is an album that's kind of in line with the times where we are r- right now with the whole 99 percent versus the one percent know it is it is a great it's a great statement it's a good album it features a couple of older tracks that he has had in the bag for years like um, Land of Hope and Dreams which I first saw him play like in 2001 or something on that tour and uh, you know and I've been you know he's been playing it ever since I've seen him at least I've seen him like four times uh, four times in the last decade and he's it's that's one of the songs that he's played every time he's never been on an album and except for his live in New York City album, um, or D V D. So uh, yeah, it's an excellent album. If you're a Bruce fan, get it. If you're not, uh, no, check it out. I I
2: I, I, yeah. I, w- I would say that it's I think it's his best album since Tunnel of Love.
0: Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's it it is. It's kind of uh, it's very consistent and it's know, not it's, it's not
2: a... brought down by it's not. Uh, so tied to the moment like The Rising and it's not right. brought down by bad production like Magic, both of which I think are really good records, don't get me wrong and I yeah. still think there is an amazing album um, to be made from the best tracks of uh, Lucky Town and Human Touch but exactly. this record, with ex- exception of maybe just a couple of songs, the one with the rap <laughs> um, maybe a couple <laughs> others, uh, is 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 musically varied, but still somehow thematically consistent, like you were saying lyrically. And just the songs are just am- are really really great,
0: really good, and some really really some dark stuff as well. So yeah, uh, good good to hear Bruce back. Bruce never really disappoints. He's just better sometimes than other times. And uh, uh, but this is you know at the at the top end of the of the, of the bell curve. Bye. <music> Uh, the other thing I got turned on to, uh, this week was, uh, Kirk, you might know this artist S born's Vents and trio. A, uh, is he
1: on Lillehammer?
0: <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. This, this is a Swedish jazz, uh, kind of piano trio. And, uh, they did a bunch of albums like, uh, up until, well, up until about 2008 when, uh, Bjorn Svensen died in a scuba diving accident, so uh, they they came to an abrupt halt. But uh, really, this then, isn't
2: we... one of those spinal tap deals, right? know. <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh, From about 19... you know scuba diving accidents, they happen. They happen more often than you think.
0: Yeah, and it's just something you know. It's just hard to trace, like you know, who actually did it because
2: you can't dust can't... for scuba.
0: can't <laughs> dust for fingerprints underwater it's right? Work. So uh, so yeah, it's still kind of crazy how, how this guy died, but um, uh, the craziness is that the the music, especially uh, like this album uh, in particular, it's a 2002 album called Strange Place for Snow, and it kind of made me go back and uh, look for more. And uh, th- this is just a, a tight, you know, it's a double bass, drums, piano kind of thing, a lot of uh, mostly original compositions. Um, the, the, the influences are apparently like Radiohead and you know which isn't that's not that far off because um, you know there are other musicians in, in jazz who look to Radiohead as uh, influential, influential like Brad Melty and stuff like that usually piano players uh, ironically but uh, and uh, <clears throat> but there's an energy and a tightness to this this is really good and uh, I do recommend it the S. Bjorn Svensson trio And then lastly the uh, thing that the album I've been looking forward to a lot because it's been five years in between albums is the the new Shin's album Point of Morrow which is uh, probably a, a slight uh, I would say it's definitely a, a step up from their last album Wincing the Night Away which although I didn't
2: like it, that one at all
0: it's Jim didn't like the it's 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 got like four or five great songs on it it's probably it's not their best album but um, it has one the, the last album does have uh, probably the best pop song of the last ten years, uh, "Phantom Limb," and uh, this album kind of continues on the tradition, but it's a bit. There's something a bit more warmer about it. It's a bit more uh, the the production slightly different. He's kind of changed out his band, uh, but James Mercer is the man basically behind the Shins, and it's always got his hallmark kind of vocals. Where he's he's one of those singers where. You know he can he can make a, a verse in uh, you know have hooks in it just in what what he does vocally rather than kind of waiting for it's waiting for the chorus or whatever there's there's like hooks throughout the whole song and that's what kind of is, is his special skill I guess he's he's an amazing singer an amazing tunesmith multi instrumentalist etc um, the the album is is pretty great from from top to bottom. I, it kind of warrants repeated listening listens I'm always I'm kind of finding new things I'm listening to it a lot the last week obviously it just came out so this week so I've only listened
2: to it since it came out oh, since uh, you got a bootleg copy two months like, ago no no no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: anyway they're also featured on David Letterman this past week uh, they did one of those in studio live hour long shows Ryan Adams and people like that have done them recently I think did Wilco do one of those too maybe maybe for their last album a lot of people do it now it's kind of a good way to uh, you know give people they've they've got i guess they've got a captive audience they've got a studio it's a great promotional tool anyway i recommend you if it's still there still streaming i was watching it two days ago uh it was still on the david letterman site so check it out if you can the um um but anyway the new shins album I i do recommend and it's in my
1: mix
2: Oh, sir. Just one more thing. One more thing. Kirk.
1: You know who has to worry about a drug test? Who? Karen Wright. You guys hear about Karen? You know Karen Wright. Uh, I know the I name's suppose. familiar. Karen Wright became an overnight legend earlier this week. So the feds intercepted three packages being sent from San Diego (laughs) to New York City to St. Martin's Press, which is a division of Macmillan, Macmillan being the company that led the big six publishers into the agency model that we talked about Mm. last week. And those three packages contained 11 pounds of marijuana. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thus the impetus from agency pricing, clearly. So, but also setting, the, off, setting off all
1: kinds of commentary about what's happening in the book business. Hmm. I, I would, I would, and leading people to wonder, who the hell is Karen Wright? I think
0: it's Karen Wright in quotation marks, right?
2: So we're to believe that, that the first time people have ever smoked pot in the publishing industry is in the year 2012? Well, no. Well, they they're stupidly, turning it stupidly, in stupidly
1: into sent it. <laughs> To themselves. They're turning it into plan B. This is, this is, as I noted, this is their DRM-free business model. <laughs> <laughs> so this led to the Potlit hashtag on Twitter, which had some uh, <laughs> Potlet. Really, really, really entertaining book titles. Sense and Sense Amelia. <laughs> 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 the Audacity of Dope. <laughs> Ganja nice. with the Wind jeez! Oh, oh, it was that God. sort of week for the uh, book publishers
2: one more thing Tim um, what is tomorrow uh, Hunger Games Day thank you
0: I said that to somebody else today and they didn't understand it even though they'd read all three books I said uh, are you looking forward to tomorrow and they said why what's tomorrow I said come on take your finger put it on your pulse
2: <laughs> my finger's on the pulse and, of the and nation,
0: then, and then they said, "Oh yeah, Hunger Games." So, Hunger Games opens tonight around the country, maybe worldwide. I'm not sure if this is a worldwide one, but uh, oftentimes they are. But maybe, uh, maybe this one is the uh, Hunger Games. If you read the books, obviously they're very con- compelling young adult series. Which I, uh, I think I'm the only one in my family that read. I was the first one to, I was the last one to read them in the family, but I think I'm the first one to read all three because uh, my other family members had things like homework that they had to deal with. So, uh, but they're... Um, that the, included the, Gizmo? The news, Gizmo, I read it to Gizmo. No, so does Gizmo
2: it. have homework?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. T- uh, so, um, the good news is the Hunger Games, The the Twitter response and the early reviews and everything was all good. And then, uh, some of the mainstream reviews are coming out now and they're all uh, pretty uniformly good and uh, director Gary Ross apparently has done a great a great job so um, <clears throat> the the good news is I knew this was going to be I, I had a feeling it was going to be good because Jennifer Lawrence was uh, cast in the lead because she is a spectacularly good actor and um, this opens tomorrow We're, I'm going tomorrow probably if not the next day well, I, I will,
2: uh, we're going go after back. this podcast, right? I've actually, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, by yeah, tomorrow. yeah. I'll, I'll meet it,
0: you at the it theater. It's at twelve one, so oh, three o'clock, three a.m.
1: Don't, don't wait for me,
0: <laughs> Kirk. I'm going to take you to go
1: see it at the IMAX. I don't forget. I have the handicap plaque. Exactly. Yeah, oh, get in
2: anywhere. We're taking Kirk the everywhere. The <laughs>
0: We're picking you up, and uh, we're going to go everywhere with you this weekend. Well,
2: finally, so. we can get those Homer Simpson parking spots. Exactly. One more thing. I have a question for you guys. Tim, what's the funniest show on television? Community. Nope. Kirk, what's the funniest show on television? Um, I don't know. Parks and Rec? See, those. Are, I, I love Community, I love Parks and Rec, you guys know that, right? They're both very funny shows, but both of those shows have too much heart, too much invested in the characters. The funniest show on television is FX's animated show Archer, which is finishing up its third season even as we speak. For those of you who haven't seen it, Archer is a deft combination of spy parody, workplace comedy, and Oedipal psychodrama. And not only does it routinely feature more jokes per minute than any other TV show out there... It features the darkest, most depraved jokes imaginable, all of which are so wrong, they circle past right and come back squarely to wrong. You know how in a spy parody, oh, let's say Get Smart, which Archer shares DNA with, the lead character is usually a pretty lousy spy and he completes his mission on pure blind luck? Well, despite the fact that Sterling Archer is a mama's boy, an asshole, a drunk, and a sexist pig, just to start... He's also the most awesome kick-ass spy in the entire world. And because of that, everybody tolerates him. Well, barely. And in a weird way, he's kind of a combination of Hawkeye Pierce and James Bond, both dialed way up to 11. All in all, Archer is the best animated comedy since early South Park, maybe even early Simpsons. And it's available on Netflix streaming right now. Right now? Right right. You should watch Archer and then go see The Hunger Games. I, I have seen a
1: few Archer. It is very, it is very funny. And very twisted.
2: Have you seen this, Kirk?
1: Have not seen
2: it. You, Kirk, this, you would like it. Yeah,
1: we'll add it to the queue right now.
2: Yeah, and season one I'm, takes a couple episodes to get to get going and to find its voice a little bit. But once it finds its voice, the last two and a half seasons have been just riotous. And is it a half hour? It's a half I mean, hour. Yeah, a
1: half
0: hour. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been working my way through the first season of Community, so uh, I'm almost done. So,
2: Community or Archer? Oh community. oh, community. Got it. And that does it for Media Loper Bebop episode 33. I'd like to thank Tim Gaskell. Thank you. And Kirk Biglione. You're welcome. I'm Jim Connolly, and we will catch you all next week. Same Bebop time, same Bebop channel.